Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 121. I was surprised by the Dishonored Brigmore Witches downloadable content. I had forgotten that was coming. So just one day I saw a surprise, it's out, so I picked that up. And Elysium is out, so I went and saw that. And I talk about that in the second part. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. The new Dishonored downloadable content, The Brigmore Witches, is now out. I'd expect it's out for everything. I know sometimes they stagger the launch between PC and consoles, but I think it's out for everything. I didn't double check. I have only played four hours so far, so it's not a complete review. Though I expect since it is just the $10 downloadable content, there probably isn't a whole lot more playtime left. Wouldn't surprise me if I were on the final mission already. So far, it seems very good. You continue as Dowd from the previous downloadable content, The Knife of Dunwall. It actually auto-detected my save from that and pulled over my character, so it already had all the powers and stuff that I had before. It does also give you the option to start a new game if you don't want to do that. Those who are not a fan of the graphical style might actually like this expansion a little bit better. This deals with kind of a lot more outdoor and city areas than it does sort of warfront property. So that sort of faded out look they had in the original game sort of isn't in this expansion. The city has a lot of, you know, bricks and structures that are kind of brightly colored. The mission I'm currently doing is sort of on a mansion area with a lot of grassy hills. And the grassy hills are, of course, you know, very colorful. What with, you know, green grass and flowers here and there. I haven't seen too many up-close conversations. It's really just like one so far. Mostly it's just other assassins coming to talk to you. So, you know, they're like, you know, generic-looking assassin-type people. So their graphics, you know, really aren't changed from before. There are a few new bad guy types. There's actually not a whole lot of bad guys overall. You know, there's the thugs... There's obviously witches. You don't actually see them for, you know, quite a while, though. It's kind of surprising how long it took to actually find any. And there's a few other monster types you are familiar with. And there's at least one that is new. So they're not, you know, revolutionizing anything in terms of what bad guys you're going to fight or, you know, the various groups. In fact, I think all of the groups mentioned are ones that were, you know, previously mentioned in the game. There is one new power called Pull. I don't know if one was removed, but it looks like everything is there. And this power is, you know, sort of like a Jedi telekinesis where, you know, you can pull stuff towards you. And if you rank it up to rank two, supposedly it can pull stuff from farther away and hold people in the air and give you the option to, I guess, knock them out or kill them with said power. I have ranked it up to rank 2, I think, but I haven't used it for anything other than just pulling stuff from range. 
And I actually haven't found it all that useful. Because it's not like it can pull stuff through grates. If there's a grate there, you know, it's just like any other action. You know, you can't... If you can't reach it, then you can't pull it with the power. So it's pretty much, you know, something like if you don't like the blink to go to one position to get an angle and then blink again to grab something. You know, you just use this power and grab from range. I haven't found any levels which sort of required me to use it. But, you know, it's kind of that part of the core design elements. They don't force you to play in any one particular style. It does seem like there is some freedom in terms of going around the level and doing, you know, various paths. There was one time I tried to make a jump, but I died. And then when I tried to make the jump again, I noticed, you know, there were rooftops I could have climbed across and stuff that I didn't notice before. But I think as per usual for Dishonored, there aren't a ton of paths. And there were obviously, you know, two or maybe three different ways I could get places. It doesn't force you to do anything in particular order, really, except for, you know, the goal for that section. But it doesn't seem quite as free as it could have been. I mean, if you think about, you know, typical sandbox game, you know, the ideal situation, you've got maybe half a dozen or a dozen ways you can go about it. It doesn't really seem to be the case with Dishonored. It usually seems more like there's only really three or four ways you can go through it. But still, you know, it does have some flexibility. But of course, you know, it does have the typical Dishonored option of are you going to go through and kill everybody outright or are you going to be stealthy? That does seem to be still an option, so that's good. There are also new Bone Charms, which are called Cursed Bone Charms. These have similar kind of benefits to the Bone Charms you're used to, but they also have some disadvantages. So you might want to use them, you might not, you know, depending on your play style, whether that disadvantage is you know, really a disadvantage, or if it's just kind of, you know, meh, not a big deal. I found like four or five, I think, so far. I'm only actually using one, because most of them just aren't things that I would use, or the disadvantage is like, nah, I'll pass. Overall, I like it quite a bit so far, but I just feel kind of meh about Dode. I mean, he's an okay character and all, but I don't know, I'm I'm not thrilled with him. And I would recommend, you know, if you are okay with him and you do like, you know, Dishonored in general, it's worth picking up. If you didn't like the first expansion and or you really don't like Daoud as a character, I would say you probably want to pass on it because, you know, it does continue from where the first expansion was. So it's kind of, you know, more of the same. So if you weren't into the first one, you probably won't be into the second one. And probably next podcast I will have some final thoughts if anything comes up that is different. So Elysium is now out. I went to see it in IMAX. I guess it isn't out in 3D, which seems really strange. Kind of always boggles my mind when, you know, you have this cool science fiction movie that, you know, should be in 3D and it's not. 
I kind of skimmed around and found a few articles where the director was saying he didn't like 3D. So, I don't know. I guess that's kind of his choice, obviously. But I would think, you know, the studio would have said, hey, I, you know, other people that want to see this movie want to see it in 3D, so let's make it 3D. But I guess they didn't, so no choice there. It is a science fiction film based in the not-too-distant future. I think it's about 125 years from now. Its basic premise is that the world has kind of gone to crap because there's more and more population, and as population increased, there was, you know, more and more struggle for resources, and sort of a lot of issues came up with food supply. So everybody is in kind of this really terrible place, and everybody who had money sort of left the planet and built this orbital space station called Elysium. So that's where all the rich people supposedly went. And they show some shots of the Earth and, you know, what's left of the Earth. And, you know, a lot of it takes place on the Earth. But you can see that all of the green is gone. The oceans are still there, but it's pretty much ocean and then, like, desert slash housing. So it's, like, so many people. The basic premise is this guy gets in a situation and he has to get to Elysium. Because on Elysium, they have these you know, magical medical units which kind of wave their wand, as it were, and, you know, whatever is wrong with you is magically better. One of my issues with the movie is that they don't really explain why nobody has tried to assault Elysium before. I mean, in the beginning of the movie, they do show some people, you know, stealing some shuttle transports and trying to get there and what happens to those people. So people are obviously, you know, trying to get up there. But it seems like the basic premise of why nobody has been able to assault it before is it seems like all of the military and police power has been converted to robots. And these robots are basically under the control of this one company. And this one company sort of has an alliance with Elysium. So it's pretty much, you know, all of the defense of Earth is, you know, on Elysium's side. And they just kind of assume that you'll accept that. Another issue I had in the previews was, you know, why does he have this special exoskeleton suit? And that really doesn't have much to do with the movie in terms of him assaulting Elysium. It's a minor spoiler if you want to fast forward about 30 seconds to skip it. He is basically working in a factory and he has sort of an accident and he gets this super lethal radiation dose and he only has five days to live, and after, I think it's the first day, his sort of control of his body starts to deteriorate, and so they have to put the exoskeleton on him to be able to, you know, move around and function normally. The suit does open up some kind of super battle potential stuff, because it is sort of an exoskeleton combat suit, and some people that wind up chasing the hero actually also have those So it does allow him some flexibility in terms of being more awesome. But basically, I guess this is a guy who is sort of a hardened criminal, as it were. It's mentioned he used to steal cars. And I think at one point they do mention some of his other offenses. But basically, he's just this sort of thief guy. And he has a crew, and, you know, they try to go take Elysium. And basically, you know, the reason why they are 
really making a push for it is because they have some special data that, you know, they didn't ever have before. I guess this is probably just kind of the director's style. It was sort of a very similar, this is the first time it's ever happened kind of story with District 9, which he also wrote and directed. He wrote and directed both of them. So it doesn't really surprise me that, you know, it has a similar kind of, this is the first story in this, you know, world slash universe that happens like this. And, you know, here is why it worked this time. You know, I guess kind of like any other, you know, fantasy-based fairy tale. You know, once upon a time kind of thing. You know, in space with science fiction. The graphics are really great. The robots and spaceships look very real. And there's a lot of details to them, and I think that contributes to it. It's not like you really see them on screen a whole lot or for very long periods of time. You know, in the few glances here and there you get, you know, up close as it were, you know, you can see the details and that's pretty important, I think. One thing I don't like about this director's style, which I had actually kind of completely forgot that he used in District 9, is that during combat he uses what I call a lot of shaky cam. And it's like the camera doesn't hold still, it's kind of bouncing around quite a bit. And it's like it doesn't ever really kind of hold still where you can get you know, a good look at the action and a good look at the actors involved. So kind of, you know, keeping track of combat is a little bit difficult. And it's kind of like, you know, they need to hold still better. And so in that regard, I was a little bit disappointed with the movie because it is an extremely high action movie. I would say probably 75% or more of the movie is action. So having it kind of shaky cam and kind of hard to keep track of and kind of hard to follow was kind of, I don't know. I I don't know how to say it other than a little bit disappointing because I think it could have been, you know, a lot better if it was, you know, easier to watch as it were. I would still highly recommend the movie if you are into science fiction and action movies. I would say go see it. If you are a fan of the director slash writer, He's most known for District 9. I would say, go see it. And I would say, it would probably be okay to take friends. Because it's pretty action-y and pretty fun to watch. I don't know if you really need popcorn. Because that's kind of more of a, I guess, casual thing. I usually think of popcorn for like, you know, comedies or maybe romance movies. I don't know, I guess, up to you. Like I said, it's pretty much a high action movie. Not much for the news this time. Kick-Ass 2 is now out. I'll go see that and talk about it next time. Gamescom is coming soon. It's one of those things kind of have to have tickets two months in advance, I think. But I just thought I'd mention it because there might be some cool news that comes out from there. But if you are curious what it is, it is basically, as far as I know, the big video gaming convention 
slash trade show thing that happens over in Europe. I believe it is in Germany, but they get people from, you know, all over Europe. And usually it's pretty much stuff we already know about because there's E3 that just happened, you know, a few months ago. So, you know, pretty much most of the big news is presented there. But there have been some cool news announcements or demos that have happened in GamesCon before that have not been out at E3. So you never know, might be something cool that we hear about from there. And that's all the news this time. So this section here is being recorded after the entire podcast has been recorded. So everything in this section is later in the rabbit life timeline. But all of this stuff is sad rabbit life stuff that I think people might want to know about since it kind of just happened. The first thing I'm sure new and old listeners alike will notice is that I sound a bit different in this segment. Those who are long-time listeners might recognize it as the sound I used to have when I recorded at work regularly. That's where I'm recording from. The reason why I am recording from work is because my battery has apparently decided to be completely dead. The last time I tried to record, it had something like 40% charge showing, and in 5 minutes it dropped down to zero and shut down. I tried plugging it in for a couple hours just by itself, you know, completely turned off to charge up. And it showed, you know, like zero battery. So it seems like it works pretty fine if I plug it in and, you know, don't actually use the battery. When I got here just now to try and turn it on, it took three tries to turn on, but now it seems to be working normally. Earlier today, it was running pretty much all day just fine regularly plugged in. So it seems like, you know, it just needs a new battery, which is, you know, fairly terrible, but I mean, it's only like $41 for what they're claiming is a high capacity battery. So it's possible that could actually last longer than the basic battery the system came with. So that would actually be a slight improvement. Though with the system only running for about 45 minutes, You know, even if it was a 50% increase, it would only be, you know, 20 more minutes or so. So I don't expect to actually be able to notice a huge difference. But I guess we'll see. It's not coming in the two days it normally takes to ship stuff. It's coming in like a week. So it could be a while. So for next podcast, I will probably have two options. One is to record at work like I'm doing now, which is... Kind of less than ideal, so I probably won't do that. The more likely scenario is I will get out my netbook and record on that and then just take, you know, all the data files and put it on my regular system when it's plugged in and, you know, edit it and do all the regular stuff there. The bigger news, which may have a really big impact, is that back in February when I did my taxes, there was sort of this debt forgiveness thing. I owe a bunch of creditors a bunch of money, 
And every time they try and hunt me down, I tell them, you know, I don't have any money. I've been homeless. You know, good luck with trying to sue me for money. It would be more in your interest just to, you know, forget about me and ignore this debt from now on. One of them finally did, I guess, in an official way. And that is like a, a forgiveness of debt that I have to report to the IRS because in some cases that counts as income. So at the time, I called the 800 number. I said, hey, I've already e-filed my taxes. You know, that's already in the works. I got this thing. You know, do I need to worry about filing it? Does it actually impact me since I still owe, you know, a ridiculous amount of money? And basically they said, no, just fill out this form and you'll get, you know, automatically excluded and that won't count as income and you shouldn't have to worry about it too much. And so I pretty clearly recall doing that, filling that out, and then mailing it separately, you know, as a physical mailing, and then saying, you know, this is for such and such taxes, you know, attach it to that. But since this is, you know, excluded, nothing changes. So apparently I got this big fat thing the other day in the mail saying they think I owe them for that, and that's 500 plus bucks they want me to pay them. Now I'm going to try and fight it. I'm going to try and fill out the form again. Say, hey, I filled out this form. According to this, I'm excluded. I guess you didn't get it before. Here it is again. But I don't know. It could be that they're refusing to count me as excluded, and that's why they sent this. It could be they're saying, well, we'll appeal it, but you have to pay us the 500 in the meantime. So I don't know. If I have to pay that, that means... Of everything I have in savings, you know, two-thirds of it's going to go away. And if that happens, you know, I've got no safety net if, you know, anything like a car thing happens or, you know, my laptop completely dies. You know, I have no money for either of those. Not to mention, you know, that I was primarily waiting for getting back in a home, so now I have almost nothing saved up to get back in a home again. Plus, at the rate, you know, I currently have income coming in. That's going to take me like a whole year to recover if they take that away. Other pretty minor things are, I don't think I mentioned that my headphones were messed up before. They are out for RMA. The padding on the right side came off, and I tried to fix that, and that came out after a day. And then I tried to tape it on there, and that only lasted about a week. So they approved an RMA for that, so who knows how long that'll be. But it should be back you know, pretty quick. And that only cost me like eight bucks to fix, you know, because I had to pay for shipping. My phone case has been broken and cracked for a while, but recently it's, you know, kind of falling apart. Pieces are coming off of it. I did order something a few days ago for that, so that's also on the way. But all this stuff just kind of seems like it's serving as a reminder of, you know, how bad my life is in terms of, you know, being out of control and all this stuff that, you know, is just getting really worn out and really beaten up because I have to, you know, use it every day and carry it around everywhere. And it's just taking all this wear and tear. And it just, it seems really sad because this seems like yet another reminder that, you know, everything I can save up, everything I hope for, you know, all the good things that may or may not happen are, you know, kind of falling apart and some crazy thing will come and mess everything up. So like in the last five years, I've spent more on cars than in the previous 20 years combined prior to that. So I was like, why is all this happening to me? 
you know, right now when I'm in, you know, the worst position of my life. I don't know. You know, I, I really don't understand it. And, you know, times like this just really serve to be a reminder to me just how out of control things are. So I guess that is it for this Rabbit Sumblings podcast. Almost out of power, so I have to be kind of quick. There's really not much going on in my life right now. Like I said, I have a few beta apps out, but nothing's come back. I think Hearthstone might start up pretty soon. Seems like they might be just about ready to start. So hopefully I can get into that. It's the bunny's birthday on the 20th. I'll probably go have some yummy steak at Outback Steakhouse, and then go to see Kick-Ass 2. But that's probably all that'll happen. I don't have anybody in my life now. I actually have even kind of less people than I did last year. And they're all, you know, online people. I don't know any real-life people that I could, you know, visit or hang out with. So I expect, you know, be pretty sad and lonely, much like, you know, any other time in my life. But I guess for this week, that is it. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. And I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the lessons I've learned. I'd expect it's out for everything. I didn't double check, so I don't know if that's a foul far. We might see some cool news about it, or there might be some cool announcements to keep your eyes out open for. To keep your eyes out for. That sounds dumb. There might be some news that might be worth keeping an eye out for. I said it again. I will destroy it. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.